Welcome to the Grey Wolf Podcast. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, and good night. Wherever you are around the globe, welcome back to Grey Wolf Wrestling. Nims Azor here, and just a reminder, you can check out the rest of the Grey Wolf offerings, not just the pro wrestling ones either, wherever you get your podcasts like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud as well. Get your ears around the latest one. Actually, uh, we're a good friend of the show and a big supporter of the Grey Wolf family, the Hitchcock of hip-hop. Prozac joins us, so check your feeds and give that a listen. But on this week's edition of Grey Wolf Wrestling, we've got a very special guest. She is one of the most distinguished and well-decorated superstars in all of pro wrestling, and I'm talking both male or female. She's the daughter of two-time WWE Hall of Famer and 16-time world champion Ric Flair. Please welcome to Grey Wolf Wrestling, Charlotte Flair. Charlotte, how you going? Good, how are you? I'm doing great, thanks. SmackDown Women's Champion, Raw Women's Champion, WWE Women's Champion, Divas Champion, 2020 Women's Royal Rumble winner, and once again, the NXT Women's Champion. Got quite a list of accolades in your career. With all that on your resume, how do you stay motivated and, you know, not become complacent? I guess I don't really think about the accolades. I just think about my work as a whole. I think about how do I get better? How do I evolve? How do I continue to progress and I, I now that I'm the NXT Women's Champion I'm not necessarily going okay it's another title win I'm just thinking to myself here's another opportunity to grow as a performer um, and I think it's just because I'm naturally competitive and that'll never go away so being from Australia, a lot of us had eyes on Rhea Ripley and her journey and rise in the WWE. What were some of your impressions of her heading into Mania? I always thought very highly of Rhea, but I think watching her perform under pressure to me is what I took away from it because I know that I am a pressure player, meaning I do I perform probably almost better under pressure, and that's exactly what she did. She rose to the occasion, and that lets me know that wherever her journey goes, she's going to succeed because she showed up to the occasion. And that's sometimes the hardest thing to do. It's like you could be, you could have every tool and be extremely talented, but if you can't perform well under pressure like that, um, that can make or break you. And she did that. So I have no doubt in my mind there are bigger things ahead for her. It's pretty funny because the rise of Rhea Ripley in NXT almost mirrors your rise in NXT back in the day. How do you feel about those comparisons between you two, especially after you match together? I'm very flattered that they say Rhea is the next Charlotte, but Rhea Ripley is going to be the next Rhea Ripley. And she has an amazingly bright future. And um, I couldn't be more proud of her performance at WrestleMania. WrestleMania was held this year from the Performance Center. That's the place where you got your start. What was it like going back? Did it feel like a homecoming of sorts? It really made me realize just how much NXP and the Performance Center as a whole has evolved, uh, especially, I guess, the entire company. I mean, with NXP now being a third brand, it's almost like we need another developmental for developmental because it's no longer <laughs> developmental. And it was such, it was so, it, the classes were so much smaller. Um, it really blows me away. It's almost like it, it, I, I don't want to say this, but I, now when I go, it's like, am I the outsider? Even though I, I, I was the first class here. Um, 
because it is so different. With all that's happening in the world right now, was it hard to get focused for this year's WrestleMania with all the distractions? So I pretty much zone everybody out when it's WrestleMania time because I'm so focused. Obviously, the atmosphere was much more quiet, but in terms of being in the zone and focused and uh, feeling the pressure of the match and the hype, or uh, to me, nothing was really different other than Obviously, our production was not not nearly as big as what it would be at a stadium. So it was just a, a much smaller set, a much smaller crew, a much you know smaller locker room of talent, if any, because you know of how of the precautions. So, but I when it comes WrestleMania time, I'm just I'm so much in the zone anyways that you I wouldn't have really been able to tell you where I was because I was just thinking of the match and how am I going to pull these emotions in the match and just thinking about it. So, um, but the atmosphere, everyone was just trying to work together and uh, be positive and keep everyone safe. Compared to other WrestleManias that you've been a part of, how much did you have to change your mindset heading to this one? It really didn't change. I went into this WrestleMania not really thinking what was happening around me. It's just, I knew that whenever I was going to be in front of the camera, whether it was in Tampa or in Orlando, that that's who I was going to entertain is the people around the world tuning in to watch WrestleMania. And uh, that's exactly what I did. I never lost sight or thought, oh man, this is disappointing that I'm not wrestling in front of 80,000 people. I just go, no, this is, the minute I see that red light on the camera, no matter where I am, uh, that's my job is to perform like that so I didn't really uh, change my mindset and in terms of training uh, I believe that you can really train anywhere um, so nothing really has altered or changed my daily life other than just not flying <laughs> every day Did the lack of crowd have a big effect on you at all? Uh, I think it allowed me almost to be more in the moment. The fans didn't dictate my pace. I dictated my own pace and was just enjoying the story I was trying to tell. Um, obviously, I truly believe the fans in the audience are the biggest part of what makes what we do so special. But under the circumstances, uh, I just went head on and go, you know, this is this, this is an opportunity to even, you know, show more of your talent by bringing out a certain amount of intensity without needing a live audience. So having gone from massive stadiums filled with the WWE Universe to zero fans at the PC, is there any lessons you can learn from that match that you can apply to uh, normal matches, uh, for lack of a better term? No, I think the only lesson is whether there's one, there's, whether there's one person or 100,000 people uh, I guess when you when my music hits, you're there to entertain. I, I don't even know what what could I have taken away to take. Um, I guess you know what I guess when we do get to perform in front of a live audience again, uh, when everything goes back to normal and everyone is safe, I think when you have smaller crowds, you learn not to take things for granted like a live audience. Like we get to perform in front of a live audience every weekend. And having this event without a live audience, it goes, wow, did we take a live audience for granted? So I think it'll just make it that more special when we go back to performing in front of live audiences.
Last year at WrestleMania 35, you were in the first ever women's main event, the first one ever at WrestleMania. This year, you were the first match on the card of the second night. Does where you are on a pay-per-view affect, you know, your mindset going into the match or is a match just a match to you and whoever's in front of you is your opponent and that's all you focus on? I don't care where I am placed on the card. I mean, I, let me rephrase that. I do care, but in terms of putting pressure on myself to deliver, whether I'm the first match, fifth match, or the main event is the exact is exactly the same. Last year, main eventing was a little different because I was walking in with two established stars that the whole world already knew. So I knew that Becky knew what she was walking into. Ronda knew what she was walking into. For Rhea, I very much felt the pressure if she has nothing to lose, this is her first WrestleMania. Uh, she's been thrown into this crazy storyline that uh, all of a sudden she's going from NXT to the, <laughs> to the biggest show of the company of the year. And I very much took on the pressure as, you know, if this doesn't work, it's on me. That the pressure is on me, that this has to go well. So I didn't look at it as opening mania or closing WrestleMania. It was just the pressure of overall delivering for the show as a whole. But it was exciting to know that my or like my entrance opened the second night of WrestleMania. So I thought that's what was so cool. Now, last time you held the NXT Women's Championship, that was 2014. What advice would 2020 NXT Women's Champion Charlotte Flair pass on to 2014 NXT Women's Champion Charlotte Flair? <laughs> I wish I knew then what I know now. Um, it's crazy that my career has come full circle, but in a way, NXT is so different to where it doesn't feel like the same NXT title. I mean, now it's the third brand. Now uh, NXT's traveling the title. I mean, what I think the big picture is, is I was a part of the title being defended for the first time at WrestleMania. Being part of the class that helped put the title on the map and then bringing it to WrestleMania. I just hope this is another door opening for how far this brand will go. You were part of the WWE Super Showdown in Melbourne a few years ago when you challenged Becky Lynch for the SmackDown Women's Championship at the MCG in front of more than 70,000 fans. Any chance we might once again see you on Australian soil, this time defending the NXT Women's Championship? Oh, I hope so. I have no doubt. I think with... NXT traveling as much as they do, I think that will only, you know, we will only travel further worldwide to Brain Rose. So I definitely see that as a possibility in the near future. Well, Charlotte, we thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on the Grey Wolf Wrestling Podcast. Hopefully we can get life back to normal. We can see you defend your title in front of masses of crowds in the WWE Universe. Thank you for joining me and hope to see you in Australia soon. Thank you. Big ups to Charlotte Flair for joining us on the Grey Wolf podcast. And be sure to check out the rest of the Grey Wolf Wrestling episode. There is a load in the archives, including our review of WrestleMania 36. Myself and Nettie were graced with the presence of the King of Keto, the new trim guy, Jace L. Heartthrob Herbert. Uh, make sure you give it a listen. And if you'd like to see more of us, give us the old five-star review and share the love on iTunes and Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, like us on the socials too, Grey Wolf ENT on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. This has been another presentation from the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network, greywolfentertainment.net.